welcome back to episode five of the Tire Recycling Podcast. Once again, I'm joined by our editor, Ewan Scott. Ewan, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm fine. We're, we're just struggling on getting work done. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, we obviously last on the last episode, we had a chat to waste for, had a chat to waste front. Um, what do we have planned for today's episode? Today we're talking to Richard Spleen at a shredded tire in Florida. Um, shredded tire is actually not a tire company at all. It's process. And uh, they, they use shredded tire in concrete to, to make lightweight panels for, uh, for roofing and, uh, and building. So it, it's, it's an interesting take because it turns tables on the rubber industry who have been desperate to get into uh, the, uh, the construction sector. And this is a construction sector coming to the rubber industry and saying, look, I've got a solution. Good stuff. Yeah, it's interesting to obviously see the different applications of the of you know and the used tires in 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 you know in sort of like recycled products. So this will be a I'm sure this will be an interesting interview. Um, but without any further further ado, we have that interview coming up for you right now. Hi, this is Ewan Scott at Tire and Rubber Recycling. Uh, we're bringing you a technical witness interview today. Uh, this time with uh, Richard Spleen from Shredded Tire in Florida. This is a, an interesting project because it uses tire chip in the construction industry. This is a market that the, the tire industry has been desperate to get into. And uh, Shredded Tire have come along from the construction industry and they uh, have taken a big step to, to making tire in concrete happen. Well, I, well, there's so much to talk about. So what I'd like to know is what do you know about us? What, what, what would be your first question out of the box that you would like to know about Shredded Tire? I understand that uh, you're using tire crumb in concrete. Uh, this is a difficult pro process, but you seem to have mastered it. So I'll, I'll expand on what you just started out with. It's good to know what you do know. One thing I'll say is, and I'm very proud of, at least speaking to the tire shredders down here in Miami, they really like the size. This is playground grade shredded tire. And it takes a lot less energy to produce this and it's all passenger tires, which is important. All the steels are removed and recycled. The nylon strands, you see, that's where the magic comes from, from our uh, manufacturing side and product development side. These nylon strands are very strong, of course. We mix them with three different types of cements, silica foam, cement slag, both of which are waste products, which increases our post-consumer waste content to 93% certified recycled content from SCS Global. And then the only last third cement that we use is Portland. So it's about a third, third, third mixture of each. Um, those silica foam and cement slags, not only are they increasing our waste content and stopping the need for so much Portland, uh, but they add strength to the product as well. They use it in bridge building to add densities to concrete. So there's multiple purposes for it. So 
when you mix that product, that three custom blend cement, super fine cements in our custom batching plant, which we had to create and build from scratch, um, <clears throat> we mix it dry. So the nylon strands that are frayed and straggled and they receive the cement very well in a dry form. It's impregnating in the nylon. And then we drop little droplets of water in the mix as it's spinning in our mixer. Eventually, after about three minutes, it froths and becomes stationary on the nylon and on the rubber tire, the cement froth. And then you can take it out of the, the mixer and dump it into any mold. We've molded four foot columns, 15 foot tall. We've done entire homes. Uh, we poured entire homes. We mold our construction blocks, which now is the latest generation of that home. We make construction blocks, which then build the home. You don't have to take the batching plant to it. So that is our product. We're very proud of it. I hold in my hand here two United States patents. Uh, nobody's done this. We've done checking around the world. We started on international uh, patent uh, sites and hired, my, hired different companies around the world to investigate. So we have 53 countries around the world, including China, uh, patent pending. Australia and Israel are also patent approved. Uh, as of now, we're waiting for the document to be released in uh, next month or so. So right now we are sitting tight on two patents from, patents from the United States for our custom blend. Um, so that's where we are presently. We make, um, if you want me to start on to what we actually make and sell here. I need to know more about the actual product, uh, how, how it how you make it, how it works, uh, and why it works. <clears throat> so this is a product that is made for the roofing industry. Right. I, being a roofing commercial roofing contractor in Miami, Florida for 31 years, I'm involved in all the large projects down here. All of the big condos, you're taking roofs from what they used to be just plain roofs to playgrounds bars, dance floors, tennis courts, basketball courts, everything in the world is going on rooftops. You probably have it in your country as well. So we created a system for garden roofs that give you a sloping surface. These blocks are made in two by two. This is just a sample. They're set in place. Roofing system goes on top of this. Then this secondary block, which is permeable, it's called EcoFlow. It's called Echo Block. Goes on top of the roofing system and creates a flat walkable surface that water then flows through and goes to the drain in the roofing assembly. This is all attached, by the way. And it's topped with artificial turf or tile to provide a flat walking surface. So our first project out the gate happens to be one of the largest projects in Miami called the Estates of Aqualina. And we start that project in two months. So Richard, you have come from the construction industry rather than the rubber industry. 
Um, this is interesting because the, the guys in the rubber sector have been desperate to uh, find markets for products. And even if they have a product, they find it difficult to access the various markets. Yet here you are in the construction industry, you've picked up on tire rubber and uh, you're making use of it in the construction industry. And I understand you've got big plans. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about where you're going? Here's the reason I did this. Um, reading a paper one day five years ago uh, was about an artificial reef that was created in 1970 by the government, our great government, and uh, that decided to dump two million tires in the ocean to create an artificial reef. So in the paper, they show the divers taking each one of these tires up one by one. I was at a cafe on the beach. I was reading this paper, local paper and story. And I thought, well, okay, where are they going now? Where are these tires that have been there for 20, 30 years? Where are they heading now? I just started. And at the same time, I was doing this very large project in uh, Miami called Brickell City Center. And there was a lot of garden roofs being created. And I thought, well, there's got to be a way to take this product that's heading to maybe a landfill and convert it for use in my industry. So I want to tell that story. I want to tell the story that you just described, that this is somebody from the construction field in the tire industry. Because I've been to a number of the symposiums and I know about paralysis and I've listened to a lot of paving applications and so forth. But I keep going back to my conversation with our, with our tire supplier and he says, Richard, it takes a lot of energy. Look at my electrical vault in my building, cost a fortune. Every time that we have to break this tire down to another level and bring it to crumb state, that's a lot of energy expended. And I thought, well, that's unnecessary. If we can use it in this form, it's a lot better for the environment to not have that energy be expended. Now that you've established the, uh, the basics of the, the, the product in, in the US, are you looking for overseas partners and franchisees perhaps? Eventually, yes. I don't want to do that until we have our patents for Europe in hand. Yeah, of course. We've applied for our patents in the EU. Um, so which encompasses many countries as well as again individual countries on top of that around the world so but yeah it's exposure and and, and also it's a little bit I, I, I look at this as, as this is a optimistic story uh, because it's take, we, we're doing a lot of um, we're doing a lot of good with a product that could end up in a landfill or be burnt for tire derived fuel um, there, it's a great resource. This material, if you tried to construct it today in a lab, you couldn't duplicate it. It's incredibly strong and it will last. You tell me how long this lasts. You're the expert oh, forever. It will take a lot longer than any of us will live. Uh, so if we build millions of homes around the world with this product that's now being burnt, this is a great resource. We should stop that from happening, convert it to shreds. Let's start building millions of homes where they're needed around the world. And I'll add one more thing that I'm very proud of, this product development issue, block of lumber. Again, we use a lot of lumber in the commercial roofing industry. All our edges of buildings are built up with pressure treated lumber. <clears throat> We've made a product called Echo Edge which is essentially like this echo block right here. 
but it's flat and it comes in different thicknesses. It comes two foot long. We drop that in foam adhesive as an edge material. It can go from two inches to 10 inches on an edge and replace all pressure treated lumber in the United States on commercial buildings, which is tens of millions of lineal foot of pressure treated lumber could be eliminated. And all roofing manufacturers love this material because they can claim their green culture, which right now, part of the plague of my industry is nobody's participating in anything green in any reasonably considerable percentage. Ours is 93%. They're struggling for three. Do you have full build, building permits for using the materials in the US? Um, and how are you looking at, say, developing that abroad? Right before you, mm -hmm. I, I'm in the business, so I know exactly what I needed before I started five years ago, and it was a struggle, believe me. Um, we have what's called a Dade County product approval. And Dade County is the county that houses Miami incorporating areas. And it's rated, they have their own building code platform because it's, we're in a hurricane zone and it's respected around the world as the highest standard you can achieve. We have one for our Echo Ridge edge roof termination system that I just described to you, this block of wood replacement. So that can be put on, it's, I'll get technical here, negative 300 PSF, which is a vacuum. It's an uplift pressure, which basically allows it to be put on the tallest building in Miami that it'll ever think of creating. So it'll stand a Cat 5 hurricane on the tallest building in Miami. That's what we have in my hand right here. We'll pull permits on this. We've already done pull permits on it. And that's what's required in my town. And then for our garden roof assembly, the exact same thing. We have a 300 PSF uplift for the entire garden roof assembly including the grass is tested as an uplift and fire. I forgot to mention that. We had to go to underwriters laboratories in Chicago to get fire testing done for we have a class A fire test. So going to Europe, we already know and speaking with underwriters laboratories that we probably have to do additional testing for the European standard. So the answer to the question is for two of our project or, or, or two of our materials, we have permittable product throughout the United States and patented. Um, our housing, which there's the latest video online, if you go get a chance to take a peek. Um, we've transplanted the one that pours a monolithic poured home into now we've created modular blocks that are foamed together. And that's the latest home that you're gonna see on that video. With that modular platform, we're going to engineers, we're gonna receive a date approval for a wall system, and we'll be able to permit buildings here in Miami and throughout the United States. And there we have it. That was our interview with Richard Spreen from Shredded Tire. Ewan, what did you think about that discussion you had with Richard? I, I think it is very interesting. Uh, so many times over the years we've heard about rubber and concrete, and rubber powder and concrete, and there's always been issues. Um, sometimes I think we 
tend to overthink things. And, and this guy's come along and he's looked at the product and he said, yeah, I can make it work. And uh, he's gone out and he's done it. So good luck to him. And uh, let's hope that uh, he can make it take off because if it does, it's going to make a big difference to the tire recycling sector. It's also going to save um, on the environment with uh, the minimizing the amount of uh, timber or, or lumber used in construction. Absolutely, yeah. Now this will be interesting to see how this project te- project takes off, and I'm sure we'll be able to catch up with Richard in a in a few months to see how he's see how he's getting on with it. Um, but that's it for today on episode five of the Tire Recycling Podcast. Thank you again for your for your input and your help, Ewan. Uh, thanks to Richard for 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 the interview, and we'll be back very shortly with episode six of the Tire Recycling Podcast. Thank you very much for watching. <laughs>